Hi, and welcome to the new Feminine Revolution podcast. This is a space for women who want to live with deep self-love, personal responsibility, and purpose. I am your host, Carolina Zuleta, and I'm an expert in helping women create extraordinary lives. I'm excited to have you join us. Hi, and welcome to episode 17 of the New Feminine Revolution podcast. As always, I'm so happy and grateful to be with all of you here. Today, we continue with the behind-the-scenes series, which are the episodes in which I'm interviewing empowered women, women who are following their dreams, who are breaking barriers, who are not standing in the status quo. And one of those women is our guest today. Her name is Sarah Perkins. Sarah got her a marketing degree from Santa Clara University and then a master's in journalism from DePaul University. That led her to become a lifestyle journalist and editor. And as she's going to share with us, when she was about to have the biggest change in her career, what everyone expected was like the job every girl would love, she decided to go with her heart and start her own business. Sarah has loved fashion all of her life, and she has visions of outfits based on mood and vividly dreams in colors. Like, she loves fashion. And she also believes that fashion helps us as women feel more confident and express parts of ourselves. So she decided to start a company that's called Designer Share. And this is the first truly peer-to-peer marketplace for women to rent their designer clothing and accessories to one another. She will tell us more about her company in the interview, and I wanted to hear her passion, her courage, and how she stands up even when life sometimes brings challenging moments. So here we go. I introduce you to Sarah Perkins. Hi, Sarah, and welcome to the New Feminine Revolution podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm great. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Yay. (laughs) So, you know, I would like to start by you sharing where the inspiration and the idea to create Designer Share started. Absolutely. So I always grew up loving fashion. I'm from about 30 miles north of Chicago, so a very small town. And, um, you know, it usually existed in magazines for me and movies, books, all of these really glamorous, high power, very confident women that I would look up to. And I think the power with fashion is that you get to express your individuality, your personality, but also in our case, the woman we want to be. Um, and so that's where the love started at a very young age. But on top of it, I, I also loved to write, still love to write to this day, but um, saw myself going into publishing as I was growing older. So I went to college at Santa Clara University out in California um, and got my marketing degree and a minor in English, thinking no one would hire an English major. And <laughs> that's really changed since then. Um, you came back to Chicago and started at a magazine, a trade magazine, and thought, you know, I really want to go into lifestyle journalism. I want to write about fashion and all the exciting things you can do in Chicago, um, whether it's food or a, a new lounge opening up or a different theater show coming. So I got my master's at, in journalism at DePaul University, started writing for Modern Luxury, and um, then became associate editor for Wear Chicago, which is a city guide. Um, so during this time, 
you know, I was really thinking, you know, I love to write about all of this. This is so great. And my co-founder approached me. Um, So Bill and I have known each other for many years. He practiced law with my dad and he said, you know, I want to try something new. I want to do something entrepreneurial. He decided to get his MBA at Chicago Booth and said, let's try something in the sharing economy. Who's, you know, who's really touched clothing? And I said, well, you know, Rent the Runway really proves this, that women would love to do it. And this is something I was doing for free with my girlfriends in college all the time. I was in a co-ed business fraternity called Alpha Kappa Psi, and we'd have these semi-formals and fun dress-up events to do or even um, formal chapter meetings where you had to wear a suit. And we were all buying these things um, when we could have been renting them or, you know, other people would come to me and say, I loved that dress you wore to the last event. Can I wear it to the next one? Um, mm-hmm. So it was an idea when we brought it together. I was like, I was already doing this without monetizing it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think all women, we can all relate, you know, go, calling a friend. Oh, my God, I have this event. Can I borrow your dress? Can I borrow these shoes, your purse? Right. Like we do it. It's something we do as women. We share our clothes. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's a bonding experience for us. And the problem really comes down to um, women are so much. We have so much more scrutiny placed on us for our appearance than men do. Um, I think the funniest thing I read recently is Michelle Obama saying Barack wore the same tuxedo for the last eight years to every black tie event and no mm-hmm. one ever noticed. <laughs> but her dress became an actual political debate. Um, mm-hmm. Which designer did she choose? What length was it? The style of it? Um, you How know, much it money was she spent Always on in it. the news. Exactly. Yes. Or, you know, the retail price of it. Did she actually spend it? Um, and she also would do this wonderful job of putting designers on the map like Jason Wu. He's, you know, completely blown up ever since she wore him to the first inauguration. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just so interesting to hear that. And I was like, we all face that problem. And yeah. now with social media, God forbid you're, you know, in the same thing over and over again, people <laughs> think you never change your clothes. Yeah. So we thought, how do we approach that for women and really make them feel confident on a regular basis so that they can take on their goals socially and professionally and then have this awesome opportunity to be an entrepreneur from your own closet. Mm-hmm. So for those listeners that are like, okay, I think I get it, but explain to me a little bit better how Designer Share works. Sure. So Designer Share is the first truly peer-to-peer marketplace for women to rent their designer clothing and accessories to one another. Um, to compare and that is the key, to, a to big, one another. Right? To one another. So yes. if we're talking a big time sharing economy company to compare us to, we like to say, you know, similar to an Airbnb of your designer closet. <laughs> um, so you're able to, you're holding on to this. You're not selling it one time to a consignment store. You're not giving it away to a donation shop. Um, you're holding on to these high quality pieces that you know how much you spent on them. There's that emotional attachment. But this way, instead of collecting dust in your closet, they're able to keep moving and actually earn money for you when you're not currently wearing them. And on the other side, um, we have a far wider variety of items um, and uh, a wider range of designers than you would find at a Rent the Runway or a similar model to us. We truly, again, focus on not just for the black tie occasion you have once or twice a year, but for feeling really confident for that huge presentation you have coming up or brunch with your girlfriends or our favorite example sometimes is, you know, you're going to see your ex for the first time and you just, (laughs) 
you, you, all these moments where you're like, I feel like I could feel insecure or feel scared. And for some reason, the power of clothing and accessories to lift your head a little bit higher and say, I've got this. Look at, you know, I wish we didn't have to put so much uh, importance on our appearances, but first appearances really do matter and, um, you know, impressions and all of that. So it's all about making your whole package, you know, amazing from the inside out. Mm. I love it. So, Sarah, so you were at this, you know, career that you were hired by corporations and you were writing and then you're like, oh, I'm going to go and do something entrepreneurial. Tell us a little bit about that <laughs> yeah. transition. Oh, absolutely. So I think I was at my editorial job for about six months when Bill and I started talking about this idea. Um, so it's been about two years since Bill and I actually got together as business partners to really start conceptualizing what designer share would be. Um, so I was where, you know, once or twice a week, I would meet up with him or we'd get on the phone and or take a meeting with someone to figure out how to really create this business model. And over time, it was last summer, I want to say, this was becoming far more exciting to me <laughs> than the job I was going to every day. And on top of it, um, there were some staff change-ups happening at the magazine. Things were, you know, that kind of tension was in the air. And he and I started talking, what would it be like if we did this full time? Is, is it time to jump? What's the jump look like? And for me, it was very much a fork in the road. There was one week where he and I sat down for lunch and we were like, you know, let's figure this out. I was very afraid of what was going to happen financially to me. Um, you know, as a journalist, you already don't make a lot of money. And I thought, will I have the support of someone? And in my case, I'm very fortunate to have the support of my family, not only emotionally, but they live nearby. And also they said, this sounds like your dream. I think it's time to go for it. And we're going to help you along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so all of a sudden, staff change-ups happened. I was part of a two-person editorial team. I had just turned 26, and they said, we're going to make you editor. Hmm. And I said, I said, no, I'm going to go work on the company I've been oh, building. Wow. And they were shocked. Of course. They thought, how could you pass this up? You know, I had told myself a long time ago when I thought publishing was my dream, um, you know, how cool would it be to be an editor before 30? Mm. Because once you get that job, you hold on to it, you know, so it doesn't open up often. And mm. I, I got to be editor on one of their quarterly magazines for this particular media company. Um, they were, again, in transition for another city. And I thought, oh, that was cool. I got my name in the masthead as their, you know, head editor for that. Mm -hmm. So for me, I kind of was like, that's enough. Mm -hmm. Now it's time to go and actually really make a difference amongst women. Mm -hmm. um, and is there an, again, at that moment, of, I mean, this is like, like right now it's so like, it's a, couple, a year or something later and it's easy to look back and be like, okay, this is what happened. But in that moment, did you have thoughts of what if I make the wrong decision? What if I'm letting pass like an amazing opportunity? Did any of that show yeah. up for you? I don't know. It, it's almost like fate finally was like, this is the time. It felt We'd right. been thinking about it for, it felt right. Mm -hmm. I, I felt this huge, I guess I had been kind of in flight or fight mode for those weeks leading up to it. The stress of what do I do? What do I do? Things are happening around me that 
are very unpredictable in terms of what was happening on the staff there. And it was a Thursday, it was September 1st of last year. I walked in, you know, I was in there barely half an hour because I did the phone call with someone who called me and said, we're, we're offering you this. And I said, this is X, Y, and Z, why I cannot stay. Walked into the publisher's office and said, I, I have to leave. And I walked out, I went home and it's like I slept for three days. I have never been so weirdly tired in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because my body finally was like, it's okay. You can, you can take a breath now. And then that Monday, Bill and I started working out of 1871, the incubator here in Chicago. Wow. So it it was very back to back. (laughs) Yeah. There's a couple of things I want to highlight because one is like, women who want to start their own business, a lot of the time they're like, oh, I'm thinking what to do. And and then they think like they have to start from zero, like leave their jobs and start from zero. And my experience is that the transition is way easier if you start working on your entrepreneurial idea part-time while mm-hmm. you still have your job. So that when you actually change, it's not that leap that it's so scary. Like I, you know, at least you've all those hours you've put before making that leap, you already have something that you know you're creating. And and it yeah. sounds like that was for you. You started working on the side and then it was like, okay, now I'm ready to transition full time. Oh, totally. Yeah. It was, thinking about it, it was about nine months we were actually working on this part time mm-hmm. before, you know, really building, you know, doing pricing analysis of competitors and what every single step would look like. How do we make that more streamlined and easier and more fun for our users versus these other services that could be considered similar out there? You know, I would sign up for them. I would take screenshots of every single page of their website and their app Mm -hmm. and say, how could this be better? You know, how can our branding be different? Um, Mm -hmm. And for us, those big differentiators really came down to a sense of a very inclusive community Mm -hmm. and also um, again, just making it so streamlined. You don't have to leave home to do dry cleaning with us. We Mm. deliver door to door. Um, You know, we're Mm. making sure we've got your cell phone numbers that we call if we have any sort of questions or problems with delivery. You know, these pieces are never out of someone's hands essentially. Um, And it was all about creating this sense of, against community and safety and trust. So, um, Sarah, this is the series of behind the scenes of of all of our lives. And I'm hearing you say this and it's like, it's so cool. Like if I go to your website, it's like, wow, right? It's almost like that movie with like Anne Hathaway, you know, that she's like an entrepreneur. She's riding her bike. It's like, oh, this is so cool that she also has like a fashion magazine. Like is it, is behind the scenes, all the time. Cool. Tell us a little bit what, about what's going on with you throughout this journey. <laughs> I was going to say, no way. There's <laughs> no way I am as glamorous as, um, you know, Anne Hathaway was in that movie, Meryl <laughs> Streep. And someone even said that to me the other day. They go, don't you think, you know, Meryl Streep's character in The Devil Wears Prada was a real villain? And I said, she didn't treat people very nicely, but she had her human moments. And frankly, to me, a woman rising to the top like that and just owning it, um, she, she was in part a hero to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Not uh, again, not not how she talked to people, but um, mm-hmm. 
just the strength that she actually had. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, as much as we sit there and we're like, okay, what do we put on our Instagram and what do we wear to this event tonight? It's a lot of work. And, you know, today I'm have too many days of dry shampoo in my hair. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the dark circles under my eyes feel permanent at this point. And it's because sometimes, you know, I focus on balance and trying to, I go to sleep very early <laughs> compared to my peers and, you know, try to get a number, a certain number of hours per sleep, you know, per night. And, um, but it's really about hustling very, very hard. Um, and that includes until recently me as the delivery driver <laughs> and my partner. And, um, we're the ones making your payout on PayPal and, um, scrounging things up last minute. And a lot of it really is just very much hard work and creating goodwill amongst our collaborators, our future partners and saying, you know, we're going to put in the hard work now and it's going to pay off. Um, yesterday, this is where my voice almost sounds a little hoarse today. I, we were at something called fund conference yesterday mm-hmm. and for 10 hours we were standing at this table. Um, trying to get the interest of investors in the area and those coming to this specific conference. And, uh, you know, we are pitching our butts off and felt disappointed we didn't get into the top 10, you know, oh man, that was such a letdown. But at the same time, I saw, I took a minute and I said, you know, this was a room full. We were two of very, you know, Danielle, our community manager and I were doing this and we were like, we were some of the few women in the room today. Mm. It was a very male heavy room. Um, and they want to trip you up and they want to know every number and every answer right now. And we were busting it out. And then it was, ergo, a very male heavy uh, finalist to pitch in front of everyone for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, the harder the climb right now, the sweeter that summit is going to feel. Mm. So Sarah, I'm so curious because this is what I call managing our mindset, right? Like the moment that you're like, we're not top 10, you can go in a spiral, right? Like downward spiral, like, oh, maybe we're not that good. You know, like this happens to people. We go into fear. or I didn't do that great of a job or beating yourself up. But you were so kind to yourself. Like you found oh, that perspective of being like, well, here's the scenario. We did these great things, you know, and, and even the perspective of like, you know, the harder we work now, the sweeter the reward is going to be. Where does that come for you? Um, I, I really want to say it was instilled in me by my parents and every single day since then, because I went home and I, I still felt down and I was like, you know what? I think it's because I'm really tired, but I called up my dad mm-hmm. and he let me he let me have some tears because I was like, this feels hard and this yeah. part feels hard and this, you know, like, am I doing all this wrong? And I'm afraid of coming off the wrong way, you know, to some people or, or did I handle that one situation right? But you're absolutely right. If you sit there, that spiral and that weight can just pull you down and then you're done. And that's, what I've heard is the biggest difference between, you know, they say 80 to 90% of startup businesses fail. Mm-hmm. One, I want to say, what is failure? Mm-hmm. You know, what is success? And two, the biggest difference that I've heard from anyone is persistent. Yep. So 
I've decided I'm going to be the absolute most persistent human being, you know, in a polite way, if I have to be, if it's with other people. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to this, it's, if something's not working, I don't really like to call it, oh, we made a huge F up or a huge mistake. It's okay. That didn't work. Let's try the mm-hmm. next. Like I yeah. try to keep changing as much as possible when one test doesn't work on something because if you sit there and think negatively that's when you're done i love it and the language is so powerful right when we say this was a failure versus like we made a mistake it it changes absolutely the way we're seeing things and i so appreciate you sharing the story with your dad because I'm sure like Instagram will show you at this event wearing this beautiful piece. And then like the reality is like, no. And I got home and I, I had a little cry and I, you know, yeah. allowed myself to feel that. And then I, I got back my strength and kept going and, and, and managed my mindset. And I want everyone to hear this because I feel like this is what we don't hear enough, right? We just hear the wins, the glamour online. And it's like, we're all humans behind closed doors. And we all feel and, and creating something and being at, at the edge of ourselves is it's challenging and it, it's sometimes really scary and sad and we get hurt, but it's about picking ourselves up and keep going. So you yeah, mentioned your dad is in your support group. Who else, who else do you have oh, around yeah. supporting you in this journey? I would say so both my mom and dad, I mean, I have an older brother too. He's wonderful and he's great because he and I can just get together and, hang out and chill and not even talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a wonderful group of friends and the team we work with is absolutely incredible. And that includes those who are on our advisory board as well, because they're the ones who kind of help keep the little engine that could, you know, chugging along because mm-hmm. they bring up challenging questions and they say, how are you going to do this differently? And if you take it the wrong way, if you take constructive criticism the wrong way, you go, oh, everyone thinks I'm doing everything wrong. Yes. And so I look forward to, and also I sometimes fear our advisory board dinners we do every month because I'm like, okay, two hours of (laughs) hardcore Mm -hmm. figuring out problems. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say that's my biggest support system. The greatest thing, though, um, is the people we've met along the way who learn about Designer Share and become our champions, and those women who are either officially or unofficially our brand ambassadors are the best mm-hmm. because they believe in the concept and then you have to believe in the people behind it too. And so they're so incredibly supportive and we very much have a philosophy of trying to collaborate and partner with people versus seeing them as competition right away. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have similar markets, you know, which means actually when let's do a win-win, not mm-hmm. just I win and you go away. Um, I even think down the road, there are a few small competitors out of New York because people tell me this has been done. And I say, well, here's our differentiators. Here's how we've been able to grow in Chicago, which is in the center of the country and has the ability to branch out a little bit easier than New York because um, mm-hmm. they've tend to stay in the city. My goal is to approach those women who run these companies in New York, whether it's in the next year or a few years, depending on our growth. Um, and saying, let's just become one. Mm. Let's not have this competition. I, you know, so ultimately, from a business perspective, you'd see that as an acquisition. Mm-hmm. I'd love to you know, be at the point where I could acquire someone else, but not have them go away completely. Similar to how 
what was that? Grubhub acquired, um, that come, I was like this Seem, morning, I'm like, seems something seamless, yeah. seamless. seamless right? yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you say, no, eat, you know, to someone maybe who didn't learn about that, they'd go, oh, they went out of business. It was no Grubhub actually helped them and brought them in mm-hmm. because the nap, they were helping build that network density um, that marketplaces have such a hard time with and that we even face the struggles with on a regular basis, mm-hmm. uh, figuring out how to bring, how to build those two sides and then bring mm-hmm. them together. Yeah, absolutely. So Sarah, in this journey, what would you say has been one of the most challenging moments? Oh gosh. Um, the hardest moments and it's only happened luckily for us very few times already is actually letting someone go mm-hmm. um, yeah. who didn't, you, you know, we've, we've had team members we've had to let go already um, mm-hmm. and they just weren't the right fit. Or again, you know, there was a business change. Like we, um, received certain investments that worked out, you know, more in the company's favor and the moments leading up to that, because, you know, if I was heartless, I would just say, Oh, that person's a resource to me. Okay. The resource is no longer needed. Goodbye. It's mm-hmm. more, that's a human being with a heart and feelings and they have certain skills that are awesome. And, you know, certain things about their personality that make me laugh it's hard to say, you know, oh, well, this didn't work out. Good, you know, just leave. It's yeah, really heartbreaking. It's really it heartbreaking. Yeah. And it hits like a ton of trucks, like mm-hmm. <laughs> just mm-hmm. like one after another after another. So that's definitely the most challenging part. And people say like the actual process of it from the, um, you know, whatever you want to call it, HR position or hiring, Mm -hmm. you know, manager, um, since in a startup, you feel like you do it all. Mm -hmm. Um, the actual words sometimes come a little bit easier, but that feeling never really goes away. Yeah. And on the other side, what is one of the things you're most proud of? I would say, oh man, I feel like there's something to be proud of all the time, honestly. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, I think the strength of our team Um, The fact that we can have moments where we thought something would go big or work out a certain campaign or, you know, day one, you're like, yes, everyone will love this or people will love this one picture. So that will make them rent this product. And it's about learning how to pick yourself up when it doesn't go exactly as planned. And so I would say the, the brand that we've created and the messaging behind it is what I'm most proud of because we've kind of coined this term fashion feminism. And that means we want to see women on the same even playing field as men. And part of that where we come in is of course, providing this community where we're building each other up instead of tearing each other down based on appearance. And also the fact that you can feel like a total boss because you've got the Chanel bag on your arm for a week mm-hmm. or two, or you're sitting there like, I just earned a couple bu- hundred bucks this month at home because of the items I have sitting there. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I'm most proud of actually is really this mission that we have. That's very socially conscious. Oh, I love it. Thank you. And we're coming to the end of, of this interview and 
I wanted to ask you, what is a message you'd like to share with all the women who are listening? Um, I think one of the most exciting initiatives we have right now. So we've been serving the Chicagoland area about a 35 mile radius the last seven months since we launched. And we've been doing that now with our delivery partner, Lyft. We are actually working on a national shipping program we hope to roll out in the next few weeks. So the Chicago closets are going to be open to the continental U.S. very mm -hmm. soon. So that is even when you and I hang up, I'm going to sit down with our design team and our developers and figure out what changes do we have to make on the site to make that happen. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we invite all of you to check Designer Share. Um, a, a question I had, do you, as a woman, do you have to own like fancy pieces in order to sh like get from other people or you can no. do it without? You can be on either side. Either side. Oh yeah, you can be on, you can be a renter or a lender as we call them. And we see a number of women who end up doing both sides of the marketplace. Mm -hmm. So no, you can sign up absolutely for free at designershare.com to get started. You create a profile from there. And then once you take pictures of your pieces, whether it's us helping you out, uh, we've picked up clothes from people, we've gone to people's houses, or if you just do it on your iPhone and upload from there, it's probably a total of five minutes per product upload. Once you put in your description, a fun little story about your piece and uh, your pricing from there. Awesome. Sarah, thank you so much for sharing with us um, the behind the scenes. And thank you. I'm excited about Designer Share and continuing to see it grow. And I wish you the best. I wish you the best. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye. If you like this episode and want to receive more exclusive content and some personal updates that I only share by email, visit carolinazuleta.com and subscribe to my newsletter. Also, remember I'm on a mission to transform the lives of a million women. So if you liked today's episode, please share it with your mom, your sister and girlfriends or any other woman that you consider could benefit from this information. I'm sending you all my love and stay tuned for more life lessons next week. Bye. <music>